This is In Focus on WSIU Radio. I'm Jeff Williams. If you listen to public radio or watch public television, I only have to mention the name Rick Steves to conjure up images of picturesque European destinations and once-in-a-lifetime experiences. On Sunday afternoon, his latest PBS TV special airs on WSIU-TV. I recently talked with Rick about his new special, The Art of Europe, and how he chose all those featured destinations. You know, Jeff, that was one of the great challenges of this. I'm, I'm used to writing scripts for a half-hour show or a one-hour special for our, our show on public television. And this is a six-hour show. It's a 90-page script, and it's a huge story, the, the art of Europe. And we go from, you know, we go from the cave paintings 20,000 years ago to Picasso and then right up to today. And, uh, of course, we couldn't begin to do it all. But for 20 years, I've had this um, this this series brewing in the back of my mind as we've produced and shot beautiful footage all over Europe. And this last two years, we've been writing it, and for the last year, we've been going to Europe to eight different great cities to film all the remaining bits of that puzzle. And, um, you know, I just wanted to tell a story, and I needed to cobble it all together in a way that makes a good flow. And we had to break it into six hours, and uh, we did. And uh, the first hour is um, from, you know, the cave paintings 20,000 years ago up to the uh, ancient Greece. The second hour is ancient Rome, a thousand years. It grows for 500 years, it peaks for 200 years, and it falls for 300 years. That's from 500 BC to 580. It's a little more complicated than that, so we have to cover that. The third hour is a thousand years of the Middle Ages, from 500 to 1500. The first half being what used to be called the Dark Ages, but we glittered it up with beautiful art from Byzantium, you know, the Eastern Roman Empire, and then the Muslim art that came into Spain in the 700s and stayed there for a long time with the Moorish culture. And the Vikings added a lot to the early Middle Ages. Uh, The fourth hour is the Renaissance, basically 200 years from 1400 to 1600. The fifth hour would be the answer to the Renaissance, which was the emotional Baroque age. And when Baroque got so over the top, they cut off the head of the king and the queen, and you have this politically correct answer to that, which is neoclassical, where everything is subjected to the test of reason, revolutionary art. And the sixth hour is modern, and that starts with 1850 and and Romanticism, and then, of course, Impressionism, and then all through the great isms of the 20th century. It's an absolutely fabulous travel log. How long has it taken, Rick, to produce this special? Well, you know, there's an efficiency here because we have shot over 20 years every great museum and palace and gallery in Europe, all on beautiful high-definition footage for our regular TV show. So I could take from all of that, and we didn't need to go all the way to the Orkney Islands and all the way to Egypt and all the way to the west coast of Ireland or, you know, the south coast of Spain to, to get all of this. And then when I wrote the script, we went with the crew back on... Um, three different shoots, and we did this during and after the pandemic, and we shot, as you can imagine, in the eight great cities for art, um, Florence, Rome, Athens, London, Paris, Bruges, Madrid, and Vienna, and we got permission to go to the greatest galleries and museums, and we had our wonderful crew there, and it was like a big, huge jigsaw puzzle. (laughs) I remember on the last day, we were in the Kunsthistorisch Museum in Vienna, and I, I actually, I literally had a little list of things for, that I needed to, the last little pieces of this, of this 90-page puzzle. I needed a, a saint riddled with arrows. I needed a hidden self-portrait. I needed pudgy-winged babies. And I needed a little prince painted looking impossibly good on a horse to illustrate how painters were the, 
the like the 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 royal uh, photographers and had to look make the family look good, you know. And then I needed a, a good example of a fanciful uh, castle from the neo-Gothic age, the Romantic age of the 1800s. And of course, we went to Neuschwanstein and and did the the king the the castle of Mad King Ludwig, Neus, uh, which was fun. And I also needed some abstract art that looked like how atonal music sounds. So you can see the challenge. Then we got all the parts of the puzzle there, and we thought, great, now we've got it, and the story of Europe's art is ready to be told. With all the amazing art and, and history in this special, do you have a favorite? As a tour guide, I mean, you know, for 30 or 40 years, I've been taking groups around Europe, and for all those decades, I've been writing guidebooks. And my challenge is to help Americans recognize the more you bring to your sightseeing, the more you'll get out of it, and to have a context who paid for who paid for it and why what was going on how can i put myself into the mindset of the people in this case who are going to experience that art and how can we do it today you know you're not going to account, uh, accomplish anything by looking at it as a a, a very uh, hip and with it 21st century privileged american you've got to go back there and be that prehistoric hunter with a torch that's ventured into this cave and you're standing under a dome and your torch causes all those paintings of the bison to flicker. Uh, you've got to be the medieval peasant who, who, who just walked for weeks to get to this Gothic cathedral. And there you see it on the horizon, finally, the spires of that Gothic cathedral. And when you step inside, you, you're leaving that world of hunger and shivering and fear, and you're stepping into a glorious interior that's surrounding you with riches and gold leaf and the promise of a happy eternity. Uh, you need to be in the mindset of a person who really believes their king was divinely ordained to rule you without question back when there was the divine monarchs and you just had to follow him. And then if you got to go into his palace, my goodness, Louis XIV, you'd go into the palace of Versailles oh, yes. and you'd see his hall of mirrors. This guy gathered together more mirrors than had ever been seen in one, any one space and uh, with all that gilding. And then you look up and you see the the paintings in the ceiling where it's like it opens up into the heavens and there's your king and his family cavorting with all the great characters in heaven and you just realize whoa i'm so thankful that louis is my king and you see the medallions of state where all warmth and energy comes from the sun and it bounces off the chest of your king to warm up the people all you and your your ragged masses you know this is kind of what's really fun from a art history point of view is help people step into the pantheon in rome and realize you're stepping into the one building in europe that gives you a feeling for the magnificence and the splendor of ancient rome better than any other the best preserved building from two thousand years ago and you, you're surrounded by roman ingenuity and engineering and, and and you've got that it's like it's a perfect logical building it's a circle within a square and it's a circle in a cube 140 feet wide 140 feet tall with that oculus on top that beautiful sunroof where a beam of light shines through and 2000 years ago you try to get your brain around this that this was a pantheon a temple to all the gods and that beam of light must have had something to do with transporting you or your spirit or whatever between this mortal existence and what's up there in heaven uh, to step outside you go into the portico uh, and jeff you've got these one piece granite pillars that are 50 feet tall and we have four tourists that try to get their arms around it takes four tourists to hug one of these things and they were quarried in egypt and put on a big rowboat and taken all the way to rome and then assembled here 2000 years ago it's just amazing to be able to well it's amazing to see it 
But what breaks my heart as a tour guide is the typical American sees it without any understanding of why it is so exciting. So if you can understand why it's exciting, it's just a turn-on. And, and what we've produced is a beautiful-to-look-at six-hour turn-on for anybody who's curious about the story of Western civilization as shown through its great art. You mentioned the uh, Moorish influence in, in Spain. And I had the opportunity to go on a, on a backpack tour year, years ago in college uh, through southern Spain. And I was just amazed at the architecture that I wasn't expecting to see there. You know, and I, I was just like you as a teenager. It was just like confusing to me. What's, what's going on? And all of a sudden, this is different art. There's no, no images because Muslims don't like to show images in a sacred space. That's God's work to do, to create the images, you know. So it's all this beautiful calligraphy and this beautiful decoration. And then you step into, you're probably visiting these old Moorish palaces like mm -hmm. the Alhambra in Granada. Yes, yes. And we Granada. got to go there. And, oh, man, to, to see it, it just blows a, a, a teenage backpacker like you or me away. But then to see it with a little bit of context and understanding, that's really something. And, uh, and then to appreciate how much the Muslim civilization gave to Europe. That was during the Dark Ages. They swept in in 711, and they stayed in Spain until 1492. Uh, and then during all those centuries, they contributed hugely to European culture that way. And today, a lot of the remnants of Moorish civilization in Spain survive. And we're going to see them in our travels, but will we really understand them? So that's my challenge. And to write this... 90-page script, and then to cobble it all together, it was just so fun. And I, I also got to employ a lot of my, my favorite little, you know, um, tools as a tour guide. I mean, for years I've been, uh, you know, building a Gothic cathedral out of 13 tourists before we step in. I've been explaining Rubens' Fury of the Brush, for example. When you, when you look at these huge canvases by the Baroque master Rubens, you wonder, did he really paint all these things? How could he? Because he's so prolific. But then you go to his studio in Antwerp in Belgium and you realize, no, Rubens made little two-foot-by-two-foot sketches or cartoons, and then his, his, his studio would paint it, the big canvas, and then Rubens would come in and he would give it what he called the fury of the brush, a little, <laughs> a little a twinkle there and a little glimmer there and a sparkle in the eye, and then he'd stand back and he'd go, okay, that's good, and they'd send it out to their rich patron and they'd crank out another one. So Rubens was mass-producing these masterpieces, and it was business. And who paid for it? And why did they, what did they want Rubens to show? And uh, there's so much we can learn from that. But I got to stand in the museum right in front of one of those little sketches by Rubens and actually talk to the camera and say, this is what Rubens painted. This is what his studio painted. And he came in and gave it the fury of the brush. And that was a Baroque masterpiece. <laughs> Given the challenges with travel, especially international travel, the, the last couple of, of, of years are, are you still seeing the number of folks um, signing up to, to go experience Europe? Well, here's a, here's a good concrete example that I've got. In 2019, it was my best year ever with my company here, Rick Steves Europe in Seattle. I've got 100 wonderful colleagues, and we take 25,000 people to Europe every year on 1,000 tours. We have 40 different itineraries. And uh, we had our best year ever in 2019, and we're almost sold out for 2020 when the pandemic hit and we had to give 20,000 people their deposits back and we said okay well we'll let you know when when it's free to go again two years later uh we opened the floodgates and those same 20,000 people basically just signed right back up and uh, this year we were full this year we took as many people to europe as we did pre-pandemic and uh, the point is there's that 
insistence on traveling. People who love to travel, it's, it's in their blood, and, and they have to do it. It's almost a revenge travel. That pandemic took two years of travel away from me. I'm going to go back now with a vengeance. And uh, the question is, is Europe still as rewarding now after the pandemic, mm-hmm. you know? And I, it was all hands on deck as we updated all the, the Rick Steves guidebooks this spring. I spent two months just working crazy with my co-authors and researchers, and I was worried that all the little mom and pops that distinguish my books, the things I love about Europe, the little bed and breakfast and little bistros and so on, I thought I'd be raking away the corpses of all these little businesses that couldn't survive two years of no income. But they survived, and uh, you know uh, they survived for a lot of good reasons. And today they're they're back at it, and they're as as excited as ever to welcome us. And that vibrancy, the energy in the streets is there. If you want to do the paseo in Spain or the passeggiata in Italy or lick your gelato with everybody on the piazzas of Rome or get your cheeks kissed in Paris, you can do it. And uh, it's uh, to me, it's it, the the big issue is crowd problems. There's too many people. Part of the problem is we all, we Americans are we you know we we want to get herd uh, herd immunity. We've already got herd mentality. We already all go to the same places, you know, just because why? Because everybody's going there. I got my crowdsourcing app and on TripAdvisor, this is what you're supposed to do. Well, we all just stampede where we're told to go and get our Instagram selfie. And we got to be really careful about that when we plan our trips. And that's one of my themes is that you don't need to put yourself in the middle of all those crowds to enjoy Europe. That's for sure. That's author and travel expert Rick Steves. His new PBS TV special, The Art of Europe, airs Sunday, October 23rd at 4 p.m. on WSIU-TV. You can also catch Rick's regular weekly radio show every Sunday at 2 p.m. on WSIU Radio. For WSIU in Focus, I'm Jeff Williams.